Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, March 21st, 2019. Uh, we're watching the collapse of the Trump administration's strategy in Europe uh, with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And I want to draw attention to a couple of articles. Um, one in particular, the second one by Tom Luongo. And if you don't know his articles, uh, yet I want to make you aware of this article so that you can reference his future articles. He's a very interesting man to read and oftentimes comes up with some pretty interesting analyses. And I think today he's he's dead on. I want to add some things to his observations of my own, but we, we'll get to that. The first article I've linked is a very short article from the Daily Mail and uh, the UK's Daily Mail, and it basically is about Germany, and I'll read the title of the article. Germany says it will abandon its NATO spending commitments, and those were commitments that Chancellor uh, Merkel made to President Trump, and invest even less than promised, sparking U.S. anger after Trump criticized European allies for expecting a free ride. Uh, in effect, German defense spending... Uh, is going to rise about 5 billion euros over the next uh, four to five years. But the German economy is growing faster, so that means that the German commitment to, to spend 2% of its gross domestic product on defense is not going to be met. And now Merkel has just basically said to the Trump administration, take a walk, <laughs> we're, not, we're not spending any more. But the, the real story here, I want you to bear in mind some things in the background here that are very important. The upcoming European parliamentary elections in which it appears that the Eurosceptic parties are going to uh, at least gain a significant amount of seats, if not a majority of seats in the European Parliament, which will give them, if nothing else, a, a very large bully pulpit from which to speak. And then the second thing I want you to bear in mind is the strife in France. And the third thing is the upcoming summit between Italy and China that's going to be held in Rome. Uh, this is going to be very interesting. And the purpose of that, you'll recall, is that Italy has just decided, well, we're going to get on board with China on the One Silk Road, uh, One Road, One Belt initiative. And Germany, of course, recently tightening its relationship with Russia to get the Nord Stream 2 pipeline built. So this is all in the background here playing out. And now I want to go to uh, Mr. Luongo's article. And he makes a number of very interesting and prescient. And I've got these links for you uh, that I will post when I post the uh, news and views. He's got a number of interesting and I think very prescient observations. And I want to read a few paragraphs uh, from this article to you, and then add some speculation of my own as to where this is ultimately going to play out. Uh, this was posted on March 16th, 2019, and he says the following, quote, If you are the United States, this view of Nord Stream 2 depends on who you are. If you are the United States, it is a massive rebuke of the post-World War II institutional order mostly paid for by the United States to rebuild Europe and protecting it from the scourge of the USSR. From Europe's perspective, it's job well done and all that, but Russia isn't the threat anymore. 
<laughs> and it's time for us to come out from underneath the U.S.'s shadow. If you are Russia, Nord Stream 2 is the wedge driving these two adversaries apart while improving national security on your western border. And this is all important for Russia because, as I've pointed out, beginning a few years ago, this really, the first, the first little whispers of this move began under uh, Bush 2 and then continued under Obama when the U.S. very quietly started moving and rebasing some of its troops in Western Europe into the old cordon sanitaire that was put together by Clemenceau after World War I in Poland, Romania, and so on. The United States very quietly began rebasing. And what that told me was inevitably the United States was concerned about a kind of Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact version 2.0 and was trying to keep that and prevent that from happening. Uh, at the time, I said the only thing that this does is it puts those American uh, military assets in a very bad position. <laughs> you know, if Europe decides to ever rearm, uh, then, you know, we're caught between Russia and the rest of Europe. So very bad move, guys, and it ain't going to work. But in any case, to continue with Mr. Luongo's article, and he makes a very interesting observation here, and I want you to listen very carefully. The U.S. Senate has no interest in telling the president to sanction the companies building Nord Stream 2. It may not stop Trump from doing so anyway. The real reason Trump won't sanction Nord Stream 2 is the same reason he will fold to China on trade, dollar liquidity and world trade. And I think he's on to something there. Uh, the problem is that... As Longo points out also in the article, is that Trump has based a lot of his strategy for leverage with Europe on the ability of America to supply Europe's energy needs. And, you know, I said a long time ago that ain't going to work simply because the Russian line is much more secure as far as the Europeans are concerned than anything that we would be transporting across the ocean on ship. And that's the problem because those supplies would be, again, much more easily interdictable than anything coming from Russia. you got to think in kind of quasi-military terms here, folks, because that's for sure the way that the Europeans are thinking, and particularly in Germany and Italy, and we'll get back to this in a minute. Now, I want to end up with a few final uh, quotations <coughs> Pardon me, from his article, uh, and again, I'm going to link this for you because he's a very interesting commentator if you're not aware of his work. Uh, he says, quote, precisely because the U.S. hasn't imposed sanctions on it yet, all this, this is all we have left, pathetic virtue signaling. If it's going to happen, it has to be before the European parliamentary elections in May when we can expect at least a doubling of Eurosceptic representation. If things continue to spiral out of control in France, Italy hardens even further against the European Union, and Brexit is postponed. Eurosceptics could be the largest bloc in Parliament come July. At that point, we'll see a sincere lowering of the influence of the infamous Soros list in that body, and possibly in the European Commission itself. And if anything, more pipeline deals and investment in Russian energy, unquote. And, <coughs> pardon me, a couple of final paragraphs here 
That will only make Trump even madder than he is now. He has staked so much of his overall strategy on the U.S. as a powerful petroleum exporter. He needs markets for that gas. Now, my suspicion here, and, and I said earlier that the problem for the Europeans was that an American energy supply to Europe would be easily interdictable. And I suspect very strongly, folks, that what's in the back of the minds of at least the European military experts in Berlin and London and Paris and Rome and so on is that they have been looking very carefully at the recent equipment upgrades in China and Russia with these cruise missiles that can strike from a tremendous distance and do so with extreme accuracy. In other words, basically we're looking at the the end of the era of the gigantic multi-billion dollar aircraft carrier as the primary force projector on the high seas. And if that's the case, if they're able to interdict the American control of the sea lanes that easily, then they would not want their supplies subjected, their energy supplies subjected to any other up-and-comer. This is problem number one. In other words, they've been watching all these war games I suspect the recent war game that was held in this country with Rand Corporation, which very clearly showed that the United States would not do well in a direct open confrontation with Russia and China. <coughs> and I suppose that a lot of these recent Chinese and Russian weapons systems were the reason why. So that's that's uppermost on their mind. And, and any American opposition to Nord Stream 2 at this juncture, I think, is going to fail. Now, he makes another final, very interesting observation at the very end of this article, and I'll read this before I get into my own speculations. He says, quote, all of this confirms for me that the Garden Summit last summer between President Putin and German Chancellor Angela Merkel laid out their strategy to beat Trump on Nord Stream 2 and begin the next phase of relations between Russia and Germany. Now, I want to add to this uh, scenario some, some prediction here. Um, and a lot of this depends on how or if the European Union survives. I don't think that if it survives, it survives in its current structure. Pardon me, folks, my throat has been rather dry. I suspect that you're going to find an increasing amount of independence, just like we're seeing now from Italy, we've seen it from Hungary, we've seen it from Poland, I suspect that this will spread uh, rather dramatically to the rest of Eastern Europe. We've seen it from Austria, we're seeing a bit of it from the Netherlands, we're certainly seeing pushback in France. I suspect that as a, a common currency zone that the EU may not survive in its current structure, and you're seeing now increasingly nations like Italy just going their own way and going ahead with a summit meeting with Chinese uh, Premier Xi Jinping to negotiate trade deals. And, and I think the economic pressure on these countries in Europe is sufficient that you're going to see this increase. Uh, so what that means for the European Union, I don't know. But I do think there is one way and this has to be, and I would be surprised if it were not a component of the calculation, the political calculus that's going on right now in Berlin and, and Paris and Rome and so on. 
And that is if Europe entangles itself so completely with China and Russia, it had better be able to be in a position to defend itself against more overt kinds of pressure. And this ultimately, I think, is what's in and weighing on everybody's minds. This means you're going to find one of two things happen here, and it all depends on the future of the EU. If the EU breaks up, inevitably, the pressure will be on the European nations to revert to an increased military spending on their part. If the EU stays together, even if only as a military cooperation zone, then they're going to have to figure out a way to combine and create a common European military. We've seen France and Germany making definite steps in this regard in the last few years. The real problem for Europe is if Great Britain leaves, this leaves the only nuclear umbrella that the European nations have being essentially France's. And that's the rub. That means either France will have the dominant role in any European military, or it will have to surrender influence, guess who, to the two Axis powers, Germany and Italy, and no one in Europe is going to want that. And at the same time, this is the, we're back to the old conundrum that they were facing after World War II. At the same time, nobody wants to see those nations, Germany and Italy, go their own way and begin to rearm. And if that happens, inevitably, I think it would involve a development of uh, their own nuclear umbrella and deterrent. So this is going to be very tricky in the next few years. This is a long-term projection I'm making here, and it's something that we might want to watch for over the next two years. A lot of it's going to depend on how the Euroskeptics coming into the European Parliament are going to structure things. And I imagine that there's going to be some attention on uh, European military affairs. So this is the big conundrum. Does France surrender over the long haul more influence and control over its own independently developed nuclear arsenal? Does Europe develop a common nuclear arsenal? Or does the European Union fall apart and everybody have to rearm on their own? It's going to be a very, very interesting thing to watch. I don't predict that it's going to fall apart and everybody's going to rearm on their own. So I am predicting, uh, I lean more toward the idea that this is going to be a long-term debate to watch for now as things begin to change in Europe. But bottom line is, I think, I think Mr. Luongo is quite correct. I think American influence is definitely waning in Europe. I don't think it's ever going to return to its post-war peak. I don't think it should return. And as a matter of fact, I would be one of those all for getting American bases out of Europe altogether. Um, but that's down in the future, and I suspect that Putin and Merkel have already been discussing that. Anyway, one final announcement, folks. We don't have a vid chat tomorrow. The next one will be a week from tomorrow. The new book is out on Lulu. I've been watching sales. Please, if you like the book, uh, please give me a nice review on Lulu. I would appreciate it very much. Um, it seems to be doing okay, and I've had a little bit of feedback on it, but it is out on Lulu on my Lulu page. So anyway, that's it for today's news and views, everybody. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.